listening to the Top Music Guitar Podcast, the show for guitar teachers to learn about the craft of teaching great guitar lessons that students love. If you're looking to start or expand your studio and make guitar teaching your full-time dream job, you've come to the right place. Each week, you'll get to hear from some of the top guitar teachers from around the globe and get their best tips and experiences so that you too can build your own dream studio. I'm your host, Michael, and I've founded one of the top guitar schools in Australia, written a best-selling curriculum, and I mentor guitar teachers. I'm excited to share my expertise with you and the wisdom of all the experts we interview. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Let's get into it. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Top Music Guitar Teaching Podcast. I was recently talking with some of my coaching clients and the topic of virtual assistants came up. How to use the virtual assistants, where to find them, what task would you have them do, and how could I use one to make my life a little bit easier, asked one of my coaching clients. So I gave him an answer and it prompted the idea of recording this podcast episode based on what I told that person. Now, I've uh, hired one virtual assistant in the past. They made my life a little bit easier uh, for a little bit. And then uh, caused, didn't really cause problems, but they didn't really do their job properly. So I uh, haven't hired one since, not because I'm jaded by a bad experience. I think there were many positives to come out of it, uh, but just because I had a friend come in and take up some extra admin tasks that we had them doing. So I just hired a, a person uh, in real life that I knew and was sort of uh, you know employing another Australian to, to a job that was previously outsourced uh, overseas. But there's several pros and cons of hiring a virtual assistant as opposed to uh, someone in real life or in your native homeland, wherever you're located. And that's all things that we'll discuss. So straight off the bat, here are the things that I had my virtual assistant doing and what I recommend most other people have them do. So the main reason that I hired a virtual assistant was to do outbound phone calls and even receive phone calls during the time at which I was teaching. Now, I had just opened up a second studio location and I had to teach all the hours because I was the only teacher. So I was pretty much occupied between 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. most nights of the week. And lo and behold, that's the exact opposite working hours to most adults and, of course, parents of students particularly taking lessons. So I often find it's very difficult to get a hold of people. They can't be contacted during business hours and I can't be contacted after business hours. We've got that catch-22 right there. So I had a virtual assistant mainly with the objective of calling people outside of the hours at which uh, I could call them. And for that, it was very, very successful. I basically trained her with a sales script and uh, basically took them through my process of interviewing prospective clients and uh, finding out more about them and then getting them booked into a trial lesson. The second thing come into the actual, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, the bitch work. <laughs> or the kind of stuff that I really didn't enjoy doing. If I am going to call people, you know, I'll take notes and submit a, a form with all the information, but I don't want to spend 15 minutes entering that data when I could call the next person, particularly if I have a window, say, between 12 o'clock p.m. and 1 p.m. lunchtime here in Australia. I don't want to do a 15-minute phone call and then spend 15 minutes booking the system, booking the appointment in the system, and then another 15-minute phone call, and then 15 minutes booking. I've just, you know... Uh, reduce the amount of phone calls I can take by 50% by doing that. So what I would instead do is I would make as many phone calls as I could in an hour or whatever time that I had. Let's just say I 
called um, seven people. I got through to three of them. What I did was I uh, submitted the form to my virtual assistant and she spent the 15 minutes entering the data and booking the appointments and things like that. So I would say if there's any sort of uh, scheduling that needs to happen, if there's any manual data entry, any forms that need taking place which just eat up your time, then that's what you want to delegate to a virtual assistant. The other thing that I had them doing was social media, organic outreach, and uh, looking for leads online. So again, I just gave her a script. I gave her access to the social media account, and I had a process whereby I would uh, go into a guitar playing group, and this is free advice if you're trying to find students online or even in your local area. So what I would do is I would uh, give her a spreadsheet which had all of the local Facebook community groups that I was a part of. I would post uh, something to get attention uh, and add a little advertisement about our guitar lessons. And then I gave her instructions that everyone that commented or liked or interacted with that post, she was to add them on Facebook, send them a message and then follow up and try and get them to book in for a lesson. So that's something that I could have spent an hour a day doing. It was far easier to have her do that. And that was something she could do from anywhere in the world nice and easily. So that's something where if I had a very active social media account, or YouTube kind of channel or something like that, what I would do is create the content and I would email that or create a schedule and then I would just get that person to book it all in. So if I went on Canva, for example, and I made 30 motivational posts or whatever, or 50 motivational posts, one for every week, then I would just send them to her and say, go in the Facebook business manager and schedule one of these per week uh, for the entire year. And then on a different day, schedule this video from our YouTube channel to come up and on a different day, post a photo of one of our students. So what I did was just get that person to, she couldn't create the content, of course, because she, uh, she wasn't guitar savvy. She uh, could definitely create pictures on Canva, for example, but I created all the content. That's the thing that I could do that she couldn't, but something that she and almost anyone can do is just use a content scheduler and plug all that information in. So that is something that I ended up uh, delegating to her, the management of my social media task. So, so far, I had her doing outbound calls. I had her scheduling the stuff on social media and reaching out to leads organically. And I also had her doing the data entry, calculating the statistics, booking all the schedules, all the things that weren't a great use of my time. Now, the final thing that I had my virtual assistant doing for me was general customer support and customer assistance. So I basically gave her uh, a frequently asked question sheet and essentially a templated response for every single commonly asked question and how I responded to them in the past. So a customer would ask me a question, for example, uh, I quit, what's the process that I need to do this? And then I just showed uh, my virtual assistant uh, an answer that I had given. Generally, as per our lesson agreement, this is uh, what you need to do and uh, the process there. And the virtual assistant was able to then answer all those questions on my behalf. So it did take a little bit of training. And there were occasions where questions came up that uh, weren't in our FAQ. And we sort of had to train her to think like me. But by having a uh, lesson policy that said, these are all the rules uh, of taking lessons here. And then a uh, little folder with all my responses to all the common questions, rather than me answering the same questions over and over again. Uh, I would just delegate that to a virtual assistant. So she would go through the email inbox. She would uh, take care of most of the emails uh, that weren't 100% necessary. So I only had to deal with the ones which were a good use of my time. So you might be listening to this thinking, 
wow, this sounds kind of cool. I'd love to hire somebody to be a virtual assistant or an extra bit of help. Now, whether you are just looking for an administrator, whether it's uh, in person or virtual, it, it doesn't really matter. There's some pros and cons to both. Uh, and if you're running an in-person business, you know there's always a pro to having someone else sit on the desk. But again, that just uh, is down to your search, uh, circumstances and situation there. So when it comes to hiring an assistant, the main thing you want to do is write down all the tasks that you need to do or things that you need to get done within a week or a month, and then basically categorize them in two ways. What are things that only I could do? For example, teach guitar lessons, write online articles or create lesson content, etc. You need to be doing that because you may be the only person who has the expertise in that field. You know, anyone can learn how to book a person into a so- software system, thing like that. So if you can only write the articles or teach the lessons or create the content, that's what you need to be doing. And rather than you have 16 hours of things you need to get done every single day, if you can focus only on the eight hours of things that you can do and you get someone else to do eight hours worth of admin tasks or you hire someone who's really good at that, then their skills and their strengths are going to offset your inability to do things or free up more time for you. And my thought process is, hey, I'm really good at sales. I'm really good at creating articles. I'm really good at marketing. I shouldn't be uh, crunching data and putting numbers into a spreadsheet or booking people into the software when I can be calling 10 more people during that time, or I could be creating more videos, or I could be writing the next course. So it is better if I can earn $200 uh, per hour teaching, I need to be teaching every single hour. And if I hire someone and pay them $40 an hour or less or a little bit more, I still come out on top by having them work those additional things. So that's sort of the the mindset of an owner operator that you need to adopt when you're delegating. So do you need a virtual assistant? Well, let's just break down that term. Hey there, guys. It's Michael here with a quick message from Top Music. Are you a passionate guitar teacher looking for tips to make lessons more fun and engaging for your students? Maybe you're struggling to grow your business and need help getting more students to take lessons with you. Maybe you're a guitar player who wants to get out of a day job and make music your full-time gig with some teaching on the side. If you found yourself saying yes, then look no further than a membership with us at Top Music Guitar. Top Music is a place music teachers can come together from all over the world to share ideas, develop both their teaching skills and their business knowledge, and receive advice from industry experts. You'll get access to over 20 courses for guitar teachers and a host of general music teaching resources that will help you have a bigger impact on your students, teach better lessons, and of course, make you more money. For less than the price of what you charge for a private lesson, $49 per month, you'll get access to everything you need to bring your studio to life and become the best teacher you can be. Join now at www.topmusicguitar.com. Now, back to the podcast. So the virtual assistant could mean uh, someone working online from anywhere in your country. It could be someone in the Philippines who you are paying you know, 10 cents to the dollar because their economy is so much smaller than what yours is in Australia or United States or UK or New Zealand. So there's a couple of different ways you can think about it. It also could mean that uh, someone else somewhere in your country, again, is working from home and there's been a big... Uh, uptake of people doing that. It could also mean that you hire a social media manager just for one specific job. So you could hire one person 
and you can train them to fill a special role. You can hire one person to be a bit more general. You could hire a couple of different specialists. You could have, as I mentioned, the social media person. You could have a YouTube video editor. You could uh, have a number of different people, someone who's just a sales specialist. So there's a number of different things that you can do. You can hire local to your area. You could hire someone else in your country working from home wherever they're located, or you can hire someone overseas in a different country. So where do you find virtual assistants? I reckon a great place to start is to just go on Facebook and find a virtual assistant group where there's job listings and people looking for uh, for work and, and obviously people who have work looking for people to do the jobs for them. And that's how I found my virtual assistant. Obviously, you can see a little bit of what other jobs they've uh, are done or if anyone's giving them feedback or recommendations and you just post a listing and away you go. Secondly, you could just go to a website like Uplevel or Fiverr or something like that and just look for people who are doing virtual assistants or specific jobs, things like that. And then the third way is to go through some sort of agency. So if you type in virtual assistant and there's going to be you know people who run companies in the Philippines or India or wherever and what they're going to be doing is uh, you might have to pay a certain amount every week, but you're guaranteed 20 hours of work or 40 hours of work. So there's pros and cons to each. Obviously, the 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 downside of what I had with my worker was it became really apparent that I hired her for 20 hours and then she was hired by someone else for a certain number of hours and then maybe a third person for a certain number of hours. So she might have taken on a 60-hour commitment and, uh, of course, couldn't commit to all three of those things. So while she tried to make it look like she was doing a full day's work. She obviously wasn't. What was happening was a number of different things were uh, not getting done and missed and she would just come up with excuses as to why she couldn't get them done, such as relatives in hospital or having to pick up her sick kids and, you know, with almost three different excuses and cancellations per week, the work wasn't getting done and unfortunately I had to let her go. So that's just the reality of that one isolated instant. Sometimes people find the right person straight off the bat. Sometimes, like any other job, you've got to hire a few applicants and pick out the best one. So for me, it was just finding someone who could speak English fluently, was a great communicator. I picked this particular person because she was quite motherly and nurturing in her approach. And uh, she worked quite well for you know three or four weeks and then ran about month number two. She obviously took on a bit more work and uh, it, it went from there. So that's a disadvantage of hiring it uh, yourself and the fact that I had to provide a lot of training. Whereas if you went through an agency, the downside is the agency is putting their fee on top. They're going to be uh, paying a uh, you're paying a little bit more for it, but you're guaranteed hours. And that com- that person works for the agency and then is uh, free uh, for some contractor to you essentially. So that person is only working on the jobs that you give them. Or if they are contracted for twenty hours a week, they'll get maybe another fifteen to twenty hours. But they're not going to be dropping the ball on any other field or anywhere else. So that's just something to keep in mind there. So why would you hire a virtual assistant somewhere else in the world? Well, for me, the Philippines uh, people were working for $6 to $8 Australian. I definitely paid my worker a little bit higher because if you pay the bare minimum, expect that the employee is going to put in the bare minimum or at least once they get through the initial you know, couple of months to try and impress you. Uh, but if I'm hiring an Australian, you know, I'm paying at least $22, $25 to do the same job. Now, I try and buy Australian where possible. But in this particular instance, I also had to hire someone where their daytime hours lined up with our nighttime hours. So obviously, we have to pay all sorts of penalty rates here in Australia for having people work particular hours of the day. 
And for me, it was just so much easier to find someone living in a different country where their hours aligned with the hours that I wanted uh, them to be on the phone and calling people. So that was primarily the factor into it. But the fact that I could pay them almost one third the same amount and uh, have them very grateful for it, you know, was a big opportunity. So yeah, it's one of those things I don't say, oh my God, you've got to get a virtual assistant. You'll save so much money because I understand that, you know, it's important to support your own country and your own economy. But at the same time, that $6 might not seem like much to me, but that was absolutely life-changing to someone over in second world countries, third world countries, etc. So that's just something to keep in mind as well. Coming into the end of this sort of recommendation, if I was to hire a virtual assistant again, and I'm definitely going to hire them in the future, I would essentially be making a list of all the tasks that I need to do. So for me, I need to be creating lesson content. I need to be recording videos. I need to be um, creating marketing content. I need to be doing the advertising and the promotional side uh, of the things only I can do. And a majority of the teaching, you know, I, I've got other teachers working for me. I can delegate that, but there's still things that only I can do, certain advanced students or people that want something in particular. So I've got almost all my hours per day, you know, going to stuff like that. I shouldn't be doing data entry. I shouldn't be doing basic research tasks. I shouldn't be editing videos. I shouldn't be uh, scheduling things on social media. I shouldn't be doing basic customer assistance. I should be doing it every now and then to maintain a presence, but I shouldn't be doing hours and hours every single day. If I can make $500 an hour teaching a group of 10, I should be teaching groups of 10 for every workable hour that we can get 10 people in a room to teach. That's a high priority, high value task. I shouldn't be doing $5 an hour, $10 an hour tasks that I can delegate to someone else. You know, $20 if they're an Aussie, $25 if they're an Aussie, maybe 30 or as we said before, $6 to $10, maybe $12 to someone in the Philippines or India or somewhere else. So that's what you need to be doing is making a big list of all the tasks that need to get done in your business. You choosing to isolate and only work on the things that you need to work on that you're good at that no one else can do, and then hiring other people. If that happens to be someone in your own country, fantastic. If it happens to be someone in the Philippines, even better. You're going to be saving a lot more money. Then what you need to do is you need to train them on all the systems. You need to have them observe you doing all the tasks, uh, following along to SOPs. Then you have to watch them do the task and make any adjustments and fix it up. Then you've got to set them on their own for a week or two where you supervise and watch them do it. And then you let them go for a week and then you come back and look at all the mistakes and you fix them up and you coach them on certain things. And then uh, Every now and then you check on in and make sure things are going and keep statistics and, and make sure all the numbers are getting met and things like that. So the entire process, just like hiring a person in real life, takes a lot of effort. You've got to find the right person. You've got to train them. You've got to observe them. You might have to fire them if they're not performing the right fire early on if you can so that you don't uh, fall into the sunken cost fallacy. I've invested this much time, may as well persevere with it, etc. And then hopefully they do a good job and you keep on uh, growing as a business and then you may hire another person to do some more jobs or you may max out their hours, whatever it happens to be. Now, I would hire a video editor specifically for editing videos if I was doing lots of YouTube and social media content creation, 100%. That would be an extremely good use of my time. If I'm not good at calls or marketing or sales, I might uh, get a salesperson as a virtual assistant. So you kind of want to identify your strengths, your weaknesses and hire people to cover the cost of those. Or again, if you think social media is important, but you don't want to waste the time on it yourself, you can hire a social media agency or a marketing agency or anything like that. So you don't necessarily have to go straight to 
getting a personal assistant. You can already find an agency and subcontract work from them uh, to get done. It's all on the cards. It's all things you can do. But anyway, guys, I hope this has been really, really helpful for you. I get asked this question every now and then, and I think it's something that all business owners should explore. And it's something that someone else in your family could do. It doesn't necessarily have to be someone in a third world country. You can delegate some of these things to your students. I'm sure some of you have students who would love to become an assistant, or maybe the mother of one of your students is looking for an extra 10 hours of work here to uh, you know, float the bills and make it a little bit easier. So sometimes you can you know, advertise a position for a specific job within your local studio as it is, and hopefully someone from your current clientele or family or friends network can fill this position. But if not, you know where to find the people. So guys, thanks so much for tuning in. If you found this episode helpful, then please like and subscribe. Please share around on social media. And guys, we don't get all that much active feedback from the podcast. So if you are finding this helpful, please send me an email, michael at topmusic.co, and that will let me know your feedback, whether you love it, you hate it. That gives me some direction for future podcasts. Anyway, guys, thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode. Hey there, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Top Music Guitar Teaching Podcast. If you have any questions about anything we discussed on the podcast, reach out to me at michael at topmusic.co via email. If you want a guest on the show because you're doing some wonderful things in the teaching space, I would love to hear from you. Or if you've got any suggestions for guests or topics we can discuss, as always, you know where to find me. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is our Top Music Guitar Teaching Membership. We have over a thousand members of Top Music, and that is a huge community of people that you can connect with online, share wonderful teaching tips, and of course, network with. We've also got over 20 courses for music teachers, 12 special ones for guitar on every topic imaginable from group teaching, private teaching, how to find more students, how to build websites, everything you could possibly want to need to know about teaching, building a business and getting more students is covered. And you get access to all of this for $49, probably less than what you charge for a one hour private lesson every single month. So don't miss out on this awesome opportunity. Visit our website, www.topmusicguitar.com and join us in the membership. Thank you so much and we'll see you next week.